What up, homies? How you living? How you doing? L-E-F-K-O-E, man. And I got Ingber back in the seat. Can I spell my name? I-N-G-B-E-R, man. I'm not, hey. Have I earned that yet? No, no, no. No, I haven't earned that yet. I'm I don't gonna, know if spelling is anything. an earned trait, but you're definitely... <laughs> everybody loved you last week. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Some really nice DMs that were sent your way. I had to for- I forwarded them on to Ingber, so if you wrote nice things about him, I forwarded them on. I really appreciated that. Great things about you, and then the outreach after the Nate Burleson episode. Oh, my God, yeah. I am getting five to ten a day. Nate texted me this morning and said, bro, this is overwhelming, to the point where Nate has already told me he wants to come back soon. He already knows what he wants to talk about, and I'm just saying that that's the reason the 33% is amazing, Mm -hmm. because when we have somebody on and he says something and it connects with you guys, and then you reach out to them and go, thank you so much, they reach out to me and go, when do I get to come on again? So Nate might be a recurring guest at some point, like a monthly thing or whatever, Um, but just know that you have had an impact on him. So if he's had an impact on you, you've had an impact on him. We're going to do a few things today, coming up a little bit later, interview with Spice Adams, uh, the former Chicago Bear. His actual name is Anthony Adams. But I like I'll, Spice. I think Spice he's is... Spice. It's too good of a nickname. He walks into a room, you're like, that, that's Spice Adams. We go into the character Cream Biggums, that basketball character you've seen, his laugh... <laughs> I can't do it as well as him, uh, and, and a number of other things, so stay tuned for that. But we have a number of things to get to, including, whoa, big offseason. But first, my list. We I ranked uh, Thursday night on Twitter the uh, NFL quarterback starting Hunger Games rankings from 1 to 32. If you're watching on YouTube, I will put the link to the tweet uh, below and my rankings so you guys can argue there. Uh, but also, hit me up on social, but I'm going to present my uh, top five, my bottom five, and then, of course, Ingber is going to go through and figure out where I'm an idiot, but also where I was right. Mm-hmm. Overall feelings about the list, before I get into it, more or less accurate than uh, the beer chugging list in your mind. <laughs> Well, we know the entire point of putting out these lists is just to make people angry and make people incensed that you're wrong about this thing oh, we'll never be able to so prove. Oh, so mad. Right. And, and so that's, if, if it was a perfect list, if I saw it and I had no comments, there would be a problem with the entire mm. paradigm. So, yes, there I have a lot of problems with your list, <laughs> and that's what makes it a gorgeous list. So the list, again, is... How would the starting NFL quarterbacks finish if we were to put them into a Hunger Games? Yeah, and this is going to be a recurring thing throughout right. the year. So keep those ideas coming because people were writing really funny things like oh. who's most likely to take your shirt off at a baseball game, which so really made good. me laugh. Uh, we're just we're going to go through a bunch of them, right? There's yes. a lot of weeks in the year. Let's just make a lot of rankings. And I think the funny way, too, is when you reverse engineer a list, like you were saying, like, what's a list where Dwayne Haskins would be number <laughs> yeah. one? It's funny to go, geez, how could I think of a list in which Dwayne Haskins is number one? That's when you're in, like, week 22 of this thing. And we're like, God, why did we commit to doing this every single week? And we're like, okay, who hasn't been first yet? Let's try to reverse engineer and come up with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So my top five for who will finish at the top of the Hunger Games for quarterbacks. Number one, I did Carson Wentz. 
I'm going to get the five and I'll explain. Number two, Dak Prescott. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Number four, Andrew Luck. Number five, Patrick Mahomes. All of these guys are athletic. All of these guys can get on the move. Carson Wentz is my number one because he actually hunts. This is a man that can actually scent, like like follow scent and do tracing, and he's taken a life of a of an animal before. Dak, I think, surprised a lot of people at number two. Mm. He is also someone that is outdoorsman. He is always fishing. He is hunting. He is from the South. This is a guy that's always out there, and I just see him as a hunter. And his name, I mean, Dakota is his name, right? Like, there's, there's something about, like, if when your name is Denver, your name is Dakota, it just, you, you feel country. It feels like you're, you're a guy that's experienced nature before. That's a great point. Yeah. I didn't factor that. Aaron Rodgers is one that caught a lot of people off guard, and my reasoning for putting him at number three was he's not afraid of being the lone wolf because he's been that way through his entire life and with his football team, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't need alliances, but I still think he'll have enough support from the outside factors sending him gifts and stuff that I also think some of the younger players will look up to him, and then he will take their lives. Oh, I have some comments. I have some thoughts. Uh, Andrew Luck, I have him at number four because I feel like he can read the moss on the sides of trees, (laughs) and if anyone knows how to be a survivalist, it's him. And Patrick Mahomes, he can just take lives from any distance uh, at any spot. So why don't we start with my top five, your biggest issues with that? Uh, No real, real issues. I mean, those are all really solid choices. I love Andrew Luck. Just there's something about him that that whole that that feeling that he's this Civil War general, right? We've all just decided that he's he's this real American hero type person that we've all built up in our minds. I, I totally buy that as a Hunger Games. My overall thought, though, is that the younger guys are going to be gunning for the big names. That's just, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the actual And you think they'll band together. I think if there are going to be alliances that form, Tom Brady is like, I don't need the help Mm. of Drew Brees. I don't need the help of Aaron Rodgers. You're thinking Kyler might look at Dwayne Haskins. That's what I'm saying. And go, let's do this together. Exactly. Sam Dartle and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield are like, this is our league. Mm. This is our time. You know, and so I'm just worried for the older quarterbacks that might be a step slower than they're used to. And you know how it is when you enter your 30s or even enter your 40s. You've got the mentality of a young guy, but you don't right. have the foot speed that you once did. So if these guys are overestimating some of their physical traits at this point, maybe it's someone like Dwayne Haskins who comes in and is like, hey, no one's even thinking about me but right Dwayne now. Dwayne Haskins ran a sub 540, so he doesn't have the speed to make this argument. <laughs> but I feel like you like did I put who did I put too low? Like Kyler? Yeah, Kyler's. Uh, where, where did I have? Where him? do we have here? It's. Uh, well, I have Dwayne at ten. Twenty nine, but still, I mean, I like, Kyler Murray at ten. I, I'm just saying, like some of the young guys might oh, surprise. Oh, so maybe you. I Mitch had Trubisky. Too. I Mitch... saw Trubisky was he can scamper. That he guy's can. A, he's a bunny out there. He can, and he is at twelve. I think, like I put Breeze at eight, strictly because I believe he's still physically there, and I believe his strategy could be better than all of them. Because I think also with youth comes ego. And with ego comes putting yourself in vulnerable positions. Like, I have Cam Newton at seven, and a lot of people thought that he should have been number one. Mm. I look at Cam Newton, and I think eventually he's going to get too cocky. And I think a lot of guys I put at the top are people that can suppress their egos for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the final 10, it's a waiting game, but it's like patience. You, it's a patience game. Right. And so that's why I looked at like the luck, like luck will just meditate himself into getting past 15 of these guys. Also, luck, I, I read some stat a while ago. Obviously, we don't think of him as a running quarterback, but apparently when he goes for the first down, he's one of the most 
effective in NFL history. Incredible. So it's like a guy that picks his spots. Yes. And knows how to. That, that's why I love Andrew Luck in that top five. Doesn't necessarily have to be the fastest guy, but the guy that knows. Oh, I can make it to that Oak Grove. Yes. You know, if a I thousand percent. <laughs> that's who he is. All right, my bottom five, and then we'll get into other people that you think were were uh, wrong. Twenty uh, eighth, I had Derek Carr. Um, really, I just. He, I find him to be a religious man, and I don't think that he would ever pull the trigger. I think he'd go, this isn't real, uh, and then he's dead. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, he's too slow. Joe Flacco, he's too... Haskins and Flacco are both six foot... Like, they're both taller and slow. They just don't fit the Hunger Games well. <laughs> sure. Uh, Eli... It's just perfect. And Mariota is last. And the reason I have Mariota last is he has no bones in his body that would allow him to take a life. Mm -hmm. He's too nice. Now, I probably should have put him higher because he can escape death. But I just thought I needed to have someone there that would go, guys, there's got to be another way. And that's why I have him last. All right. Uh, You brought up the religious aspect of Carr. Okay. One big thought, this wasn't a huge deal in the movies, but it was a big deal in the books. And I know I sound like one of those guys, like, oh, the books. Uh, (laughs) Um, The fact that you were self-aware there makes it okay. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, But there was a big thing in the Hunger Games that you would receive packages from benefactors. Yes. Right? Derek Carr, if he's out there and he's praying, there might be like a whole swath Mm. of America that's looking at this guy and he becomes their their hero. Right. And they're they're providing him with gifts. They're providing him with weaponry. They're giving him like maps of the... Anything the benefactors can really tip the scales. In so this you thing. believe that he could tap into religious USA? I'm saying that if he's got like an authentic, you know, uh, there's a lot of religious people in America yeah, yes. that would see yeah. that they'd see him as their as their you know the the figurehead of their movement. I'm just saying like that's, that's a great point. Possibly something to factor. Okay, in. okay. Uh, and as you know, as a Patriots fan, I'm perfectly fine with any Eli ranking that puts him toward the bottom. It's of just anything. fun. <laughs> it's just fun. Uh, overall, though, are there any other rankings of guys that too high, too low in general? Um, I think we've mentioned this before, but anyone that has kids, right? Anyone that has something to live for, a little extra something, you just you have to give them a five percent bump. They've mm. got that protectionist, they've got that survivalist, right? Uh, and you know, I'm a dad now, and this the, an automatic thing happens when you become a dad that you just like no first aid, you just know CPR, <laughs> right? You just you learn things. Yes, uh, like I became really good at putting a bandaid on or taking a splinter out. It just magically happened as soon as the baby was born. Interesting. A- and so after like nine kids, I don't know what Phil Rivers knows. It's possible he like can identify every plant and knows which berries are eatable and not. My my. So I have Philip Rivers at seventeen. I have one spot behind Brady. Felt felt a tad low for for Phil. My thought about Phil was this: completely agree with your saying. That's why I have him over a lot of guys. But I think Phil, out of everyone in the Hunger Games, might enjoy the relaxation of being away from their family too much. So I see him at one point. With his back to a tree going, man, this is nice. This is kind of nice. Sunshine. And he might let his guard down because he doesn't have the nine kids. I, I don't mind that at all. And it's in a, like... in a weird way, being at home with the nine kids might be harder than the Hunger Games. So I just don't know if the motivation is going to be there the whole time. There's that thing, you know, with the, the Hunger Games starts, and you have to run into the middle and grab a sword or grab a, a bow and arrow or whatever. And he just grabs like a pool float. <laughs> good. He, he's like, this is nice. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what an afternoon. That's awesome. All right, so the uh, the other thing that was funny for me was I dropped this list, and then 10 minutes later, Carson Wentz gets a new contract. And for a second, I went, 
did the Eagles just see my list and have see me put Carson Wentz the number one quarterback and go that's the that's the if you're out there if you work for the Eagles even as like an intern yeah, or yeah, yeah. like a marketing associate if, if you're somewhere in the Eagles yeah, organization just tweet me a winky eye emoji that's all yeah the Let two eyes yeah, yeah we just want the two eyes just looking at that tweet no but Carson Wentz just to kind of bring it to football really quick gets a monster contract but at the same time a lot of Eagles fans right now are asking me is this a good move. From a, I'm not going to do all the numbers. Uh, if you haven't seen what Joe Banner said on the Rich Eisen show, uh, I think it's an interesting note that because the Eagles were so far under the cap that so much of the guaranteed money that the Eagles just gave to Carson Wentz is coming off the books in the next two years, which are the two years before the extension kicks in. And also while the team right now is still really good, meaning that they may have four years of like Carson Wentz at around $24 million a year, which is like barely in the top 10. And by the time they get there, might not be in the top 10. And so that they get four years of like a top quarterback, if he gets back to where he was at that level, could be incredible. I'm someone that goes all in on Carson Wentz. For everyone out there that goes, what about his injuries? You cannot bet for or against injuries. It's just not a predictable thing. It's 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 random. But I look at Carson Wentz and I think he will have an MVP level caliber season this year. Now he was really having do. one before Foles took over. Hundred I mean, percent. He was, I think, probably the 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 favorite for for when for he was, so two years ago when they won the Super Bowl he was when he played last year he was kind of hit and miss and then Foles kind of carry them through the rest of the way but I, I believe whether it's from me hearing that Carson Wentz has completely changed his diet this offseason it's the fact that the entire team has come out and now they're fully supporting him and there isn't that ooh, what about Nick Foles? And he, that distraction isn't there anymore. And then also because there were the stories about, you know, it is a little bit divisive and it forced Carson to interact with more guys. Uh, and the introduction of Deshaun Jackson as an actual deep threat, I think Carson Wentz is about to have a really, really big year. And I'm super excited as an Eagles fan. It's just a fan of the sport. And I specifically remember, too, how well he handled that that pass off to Nick oh. Foles because it would have been so easy for him to just be a little kind of like sneering on the sideline, even if the cameras caught him one time sneering on the sidelines, even if it had nothing to do with football. You're yes. just reading an annoying text. Yes. People would have blown it up as like, oh, he's not a leader. Oh, he's, you know, he's being a distraction. I feel like he handled it as well as any person could possibly handle being in that situation, which just spoke to like he's that the sort of guy that 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 does that. Who before would be a last season, everybody was saying, "Oh, they're going to make a decision. This could tear the team apart." I said, "You're literally talking about the two quarterbacks in the NFL with the least egos." Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, whether it's because of their faith, whether it's because of who they are as people, the way they talk. They are genuinely happy for each other. This is not an act. I think about it a little bit like Kawhi Leonard right now. Sure. He goes up there and he gives answers that if you're a media member, you're like, this is awful. Like, you're giving me nothing. But if he's on your team, that's how I want my guy to think. I want my quarterback to be the Tom Brady, where we go, no. I focus on every day like it's every day. But what we love is we love the quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield that's like, nah, sign your contract and get here. It's your problem. But it's it's you want your quarterback to be boring. You want your quarterback to have boring quotes. That's I want why, my quarterback to be boring. I want everyone else's quarterback to be exactly. dropping the quotes like, and giving like us content. You look at Bill Belichick as a Patriots fan and you go, yes, 
don't say anything. Don't but give if, away anything that could help the other team beat you next week. But if you're a national media member looking for insight on the next game, it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, like we love we love the Hugh Jacksons. We love the guys that go, I will I won't I'll jump in the lake if I go well, <laughs> zero wins next year and then he's got to jump in a lake. Like Th- that's great for media, but we but you really want the guy that doesn't say shit, mm-hmm. and that's what Carson Wentz is. So I'm excited for them. Okay, so overall the list, the only thing that scared me is the people that reacted to my list as though they were my quarterback rankings. Right, you have Dak over Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, you don't know how to read Twitter, uh, so we don't know what the next list is, but we're gonna preview it on Wednesday, and I'm gonna want your guys' insight. So we'll keep this going. Right. All right. You know what time it is? I don't. Nick, let them know what time it is. Whoa! 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 Big off season. It's going to be the whoa big off season. We got our top five of the week, but first, how many honorable mentions? We have two. I couldn't. I there's just so many good ones. I, I couldn't get it down to just five. We have to have two honorable mentions. Now that you're now that you're in it. And whoa, big offseason is in your veins. Are you able to even read any offseason news stories without contemplating it? That's a good question. It, I think that happens uh, no matter what your job is. You start thinking about that. So, like, my buddy is a is a civil engineer. So every time he walks into a restaurant, he's looking at the beams, he's looking at the pipes. Sure. He's, he he can't help himself, right? So if you're thinking whoa, big off season, no matter what, I mean, my wife could be like, hey, you know, want to go to that restaurant for dinner? I'm like, whoa, I wonder if that restaurant had a big off season. You know, <laughs> I, you you just get in that mindset, and so yeah, I feel like that should be my full time job. I, I I can't handle whoa. any of the other responsibilities of my job. I just want to look at woes. Like when I go to pro football. Talk or ESPN or the redzone.org, and I go on there and I see like coach says about player. I'm like, oh, whoa, here it comes. And it, but it also it, it messes with your head because sometimes you'll see legit news stories. It'll be like, hey, Baker Mayfield has been traded, and you're like, wait a second, wait, no, that's that's, that's news. An actual that's, that's not a whoa. He has not been traded, by the way. I was making that up as an example. All right, so what are the what are the honorable mentions? Okay, uh, Seahawks Shaquille Dr- Griffin uh, lost 12 pounds this offseason. He gave up wings, had a ton of baked chicken. Quote: He and his twin brother hired a chef. Okay. This off season, the chef comes in every other day to their shared home to drop off personalized meal. Shaquille has cut out most carbohydrates. He's focusing on lean proteins such as baked chicken and quote any type of seafood. Man, I I love when we explain diet foods. We all know what the healthy options are. Oh, you're <laughs> eating more vegetables and baked and and not and fish. That, like we all know that the news would be if he's like I'm on an all candy bar yes. diet and I've lost 12 pounds. I've lost 12 pounds on Whoppers. And I'm all muscle. Yes, that's yeah. what I want. Weight loss, classic whoa big off season, but an honorable mention. Yeah, okay? I mean, it's like it's in the mix. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Steelers linebacker Devin Bush. Okay, is quote turning heads. Oh in shit, <laughs> we're turning heads. Wait, wait a minute. The, were the they quote, not facing the field? The Why quote, were they turning? The quote from T.J. Watt, my favorite younger brother in the league. He's quicker than snot. He's been flying around and making a lot of good plays. Quicker than snot. Does snot have a speed? Yeah, if you kind of like, if you do that. That's Quicker this. than snot. That's I, think that's, just, I think that's what he's referring to. I. It makes me realize now, I wonder what Watt's dad is like. Like, I've, I thought of TJ and JJ, and there's another one. It might be DJ, uh, uh, Derek Watt, Derek Watt fullback right. out of the Chargers. I wonder what their dad is like. 
Like, he just seems like the ultimate dad joke because those guys all seem to have, like, a lot of dad phrases. Like, I feel like J.J. Watt's been a dad for years and he's not a dad. Mm -hmm. But T.J. Watt, faster than snot. It's great. Turning heads. That feels like something that a 60-year-old football coach would say, right? Like, uh, who was that... That Bob Wiley line coach, yeah, Bob Wiley. That some guy that would just be like, you know, you're asking about some new rookie. That's eh, faster than snot out faster there. Faster than snot. Oh yeah. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. I'll tell you what. He's harder to wipe off than a brow in the middle of August when you dig in a ditch in Lake Tahoe. T.J. Watt is in his mid twenties. Does he talk like that when he's like going to his buddy's bachelor party? Is there... he speaking like kind of old guy aphorisms? No, I just think that the whole Watt family carries around protein shakes wherever they go, and yes. they just go eat clean, bro. And you're like unnecessary. <laughs> he's the guy with the thermos that's always shaking it. Yes, to, to keep the sediment from. Yeah. Well, if if faster than snot's not in the top five, I'm very excited. Okay. Uh... <laughs> this one's so up your alley, actually. So this is number five? Yeah, this okay. is number five. A profile from the great Jeff Legwald from ESPN.com. Quote, he's t- well, he's talking about all the fancy cars that he sees uh, at the Broncos practice. Then, in the front row most days, tucked between the rest, there is a function over form. It's the off-the-rack blue Dodge pickup truck model year 2000 with yes. the cracked window and assorted items oh. scattered across the dashboard. He considers the truck to be what he is, reliable, sturdy, up to the job, and decidedly happily even under the radar. We're talking about fullback Andy Janovich. Oh, my God. That, to me, like, writing an entire piece. I mean, this is, like, at least a thousand-word piece on ESPN.com, prominently displayed on the football section, talking about a, full, uh, a fullback that owns a truck. And and we're supposed to glean from this some information about how good he is now. But I am 100% guaranteeing that there are Broncos fans out there oh, that, are, that, are, that are going... I wish we had some more blue f- trucks in that parking lot. We needed more grit like Andy Janovich, the fullback. Come to think of it, you know who had a very similar story a couple of years ago and people went nuts for it? Your man Kawhi Leonard. Sure. Right? That, Kirk that, Cousins is like this, too. Kirk Cousins has like a, a minivan with like 200,000 miles. Perfect. And people equate that to like how much of a hard worker they are. I know I did that with Kawhi, that Kawhi is still like a 1997 Toyota Corolla or something like that. Mm. Like it makes the fact that they have a shitty car makes me like them more. Do you have a dream car? Do you have a like, oh, the day after I win the, la- the lottery? I remember, and I've never thought about this before. This is not what I would get. But I remember when I was 13 and I was walking around... Uh, with my parents somewhere and a black pickup truck with tints and hydraulics went down the street. Okay. And and I was like, that's the car I want. <laughs> and I don't know why you just channeled that inner moment. I don't I don't really have a dream car because I live in New York. So the fact of like owning a car, like it's not something I ever We New Yorkers, we have I'm dream a apartments. Bad driver. We have dream apartments. Yes. We don't have dream cars. Yes. Yeah, I walk past and I go, that's the brownstone I'd like to own. Exactly. But yeah. I do like I look at cars and I go, that's dumb. <laughs> so yeah, but I love deducing an NFL player down to the car they drive. Like, in a weird way, is he taking shots at all the great cars that are there? Like, are you saying that Von Miller is spoiled? And that he's a diva? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the extended argument, which clearly doesn't hold any water. It's like, if you're going to make some assumptions about Andy Janovich and the fact that he drives a 2000 Dodge, does that mean that everyone that doesn't drive a 2000 Dodge yeah. is not working their ass off? Of course it doesn't mean that, but it is like, it's kind of like a fun whoa. It is awesome that it's, whoa, big offseason, the fullback drives a shitty truck. Fullback is exactly who he, yeah, yeah, exactly. I do like that he's like central casting fullback, though. <laughs> uh, ready for number four? Yes. Uh, your man Vic Fangio oh. had a fun day 
I love this. When the last day, it's like the last day of summer camp. Literally, right? For these we guys. saw like teams going bowling. We saw uh, the Jets were doing at the driving range, and Le'Veon Bell was on Instagram making fun of everybody's yep. swing. The master of this, by the way, is spring training baseball. Joe Madden. He like brings, oh, yeah. brings penguins into the dugout or something. Brought a magician in. He's a fucking. So Vic Fangio is trying to put his own spin on it. He had. Uh, a day for his instead of practice, and, and this is like a substitute teacher being like, "We're just gonna watch a movie today, and everyone goes crazy." <laughs> That's the, the big fan. Yeah, when that TV wheels in, oh, oh baby. shit, laser disc. <laughs> um, so we're, he did a, a day that included a home run derby, a remote control car race, which sounds super fun. Fucking great. makes me think of Ocean's Eleven when they find those. Guys. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, a basketball shootout, a water balloon toss. Uh, a golf chipping contest. I'm sure that got super competitive. A dunk tank, which apparently featured John Elway in the wow. dunk tank. And number one, he had shaved ice. Italian shaved Vic ice. Vic Fangio bringing in the Italian shaved ice. I got a guy. Like, if Vic was like, I got a guy named Mario that we're going to fly in from Chicago. Best shaved ice you ever had. You like cherry? You ain't had it like this. You like mango? You are going to blow your fucking socks This is the off. guy that Polly Walnuts went to, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's in Hackensack. It's worth the drive. I literally just want to make meatballs with Vic Fangio. I know you do. Like, I just want to be smacking together. It's a half veal, half beef blend that my grandmom used to make. Keep stirring the sauce. I don't want it to stick. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact, I just... And then I also saw some stuff about Vic Fangio that he wears the same gray sweatsuit every practice. Steve Jobs style, Mark Zuckerberg style. That's the new thing with these executives. They they have like a closet full... It's like, like Bart Simpson opening his but closet. Vic Fangio, I don't... <sighs> I'm just fascinated at how much of a classic football guy he is. Why? It's to me it's perfect. The there are certain coordinators in this league that never get a chance mm-hmm. and they are just the coordinator. And Vic has been that guy for so fucking long and the fact that we're finally getting him to see what he's like he's observed a lot of head coaches get hired and fired and he's such a good DC that he was there before the coach at Chicago. Like he was there with John Fox, he got fired they kept him on. So he's seen these field days. He's seen Mike Nolan wearing a suit. And so the fact that he's wearing an all-gray sweatsuit at all times, he, I feel as though, Vic, it's he's finally coming to his own. It's like the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Like, I'm just so obsessed with Vic Fangio. It's a fucking problem. I love my, my cause they're going to refer to him all year as rookie coach, you know, like they do with Nick nurse right now who's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. NBA finals. Nick nurse has been a basketball coach for like 35 years. Right. It's There's, just his first head coaching job in the NBA. But like Vic Fangio knows his way around a football locker room. He knows his way around a team. He knows about personnel. Like it, it, this is not a rookie coach. You know what I mean? Yes. Italian shaved ice. It's so good. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, Washington's defensive line is, quote, bringing rookie Montez Sweat with them into the weight room. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa. <laughs> this is great. Uh, so the defensive linemen have brought Sweat with them to lift weights or do boxing work in the weight room. Quote, it's a small gesture, but one Jim Tomsula recognizes as a sign of respect. Okay, so the reason this is interesting is Sweat is an edge-slash-outside linebacker. And if you think about Washington, the best part of their team right now is probably the D-line. you got Deron Payne, uh, Jonathan Allen, a lot of big first-round draft picks the last two years, and that was the one area that was great. But the fact that it's Jim Tom Sula, 
who is the like he's like Vic Fangio like times two in terms of like energy. He's a human Dodge truck from the year two thousand. That's what he's the he's the the personal embodiment of. That Sometimes truck. when he opens his mouth, horns like car horns just come out. Yeah, it's a very effective coaching technique though. But the fact that he's like, listen, our D line is bringing in the rookie. He's adjusting well. It's like a guard <laughs> being like, it's okay. He's found a crew. I love that. I, I, sometimes with these, I fall I fall into the trap. Right. Even though we're hunting whoa big off seasons. And you knowing still... that it's like not a big deal at all. We need, we need to come up with a term for that. Uh, I leave it to Twitter, but like, who are the people that really buy into every Woe Big Off season? Because I'll turn into that once in a while. But we need to come up with like, who are the people that oh, like, this yeah. is for? Well, the thing is, too, is it's the reason I like to make fun of the woes is you rarely get stories about Montez Sweat not being invited. Like, you're never going to hear the coach go, look, I'm a little bit worried about Montez Sweat. He kind of eaten lunch by himself recently. See, that, I think that would be a woe in a negative sense. That's the real woe, but you never, we never get those. Right. We never hear he's not adjusting well. We only hear the team loves him. The only one I've seen is, I saw a story recently about Ryan Finley, the kid from North Carolina State for the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Like, the reporters are being like, oh, he's been awful. Like, he can't make any throws in camp. There, I'm like, oh, that's not good. But you never hear, like, all I hear is, you know, insert fourth string tight end is blowing people's faces off. But. See, what what makes me laugh, too, is the idea that, like, some guy happens to be eating lunch by himself one day because, you know, he had to make a phone call. Right. So he just grabbed his tray and walked over there, and then some reporter snaps a photo right. of it. And what does this mean for the team? And, oh, there's no unity on the D-line or if, whatever. If there was a picture of Kyler Murray sitting on the bench by himself and everybody on the other side of the bench people would turn that into a thing Colin Cowherd would break it down for an <laughs> right. hour and a half. Yeah, he'd have the big board up. He'd be circling stuff. Same reason that when I watched, when I looked at the first video that's come out of Cleveland Browns training camp, and remember, this is the team putting this out, and twice there's one clip of Odell talking to Baker, and then also in there there's a clip of him walking with Freddie Kitchens. That's done on purpose. Like, there are probably times where Odell's standing by himself not talking to anybody. No, I don't but, think so. But the sight of them <laughs> but the sight of them together, it's all like propaganda. Right. It, it, you can always control the narrative, mm -hmm. but I'm just, it's, it's funny how we cling to these things. Oh, my God. But, it, but we are, like, we're football fans dying for stuff in yes. mid-June. Oh, we're, we're just, we're, we're, we, we're the dog at the bottom of the, the dinner table waiting all right, for scraps. All so top two woes. Yeah, we're down The last there. three have been really good. Okay, uh... This this actually made me laugh. Okay. Larry Fitzgerald says Kyler Murray knows the offense better than anyone already. This that, is this that is veteran 16-year man right. Larry Fitzgerald talking about rookie Kyler Murray. Obviously, Kyler is the quarterback, and right. there's some expectations of him. And it's a new system, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. It's a system that he kind of knows... I'm just wondering, like, is this saying that Kyler Murray is a savant? Is it saying that it's an exceptionally easy system? Is it saying right. that, like, maybe there's only, like, four plays and Kyler got them two days in advance, you know? Right, so, right, of course, right. he knows it better than that. It anyone. also makes me worry that apparently no one on the offense knows the offense. Right. I don't know if this is going to be a really <laughs> slow start to the season for the Arizona Cardinals. But that's Larry Fitzgerald endorsing the rookie quarterback. That's what this is. That's is the real so thing. important. Yeah. Because there, I don't think there's anyone in this league respected more by the media than Larry. Whether mm -hmm. it's because his dad was a reporter, he he like literally 
interacts with the media more than any other player, but him sort of knighting the young guy and saying he's got it when a lot was made about Kyler's personality. A lot was made about is Kyler smart enough as we do with a lot of minority quarterbacks. But the fact that he's come out and said that, which is probably a reach, but it also lends to the whole notioning, Burr, about we wanted to give Kingsbury his guy. It wasn't just about Kyler. It was about Kingsbury having an offense, and he wanted his piece to run it. Right. And if this is true, that Kyler Murray knows this offense inside and out already, that's a woe. That's not a whoa. That that could be a super whoa because his ability to get out there on the field quicker. See, I'm feeding into this right You're away. Li- I'm, I'm just letting you go. Just go go nuts. This sounds like it's for you. It's just I have to always remind myself that it's all bullshit. Like it's all of it is bullshit. Well, what's Larry Fitzgerald supposed to say? Like, actually, right. no, I'm a veteran, so I know the, the playbook a lot better than our starting quarterback or our presumptive starting quarterback. Like, no, of course he's not going to say that. That's the the part of this that people don't think about from the media is what was the question? If the question is, how's Kyler doing? And then Larry unprompted said, right. he actually knows it better than the rest of us. But if the, if the, the reporter goes... You know, compare, and it's a new offense, and everyone's learning. Like, how's he doing compared to you? Like, you and I have both been in those scrums, right? I have led someone into a soundbite that turned. uh, I went to Avery Williamson, who's now on the Jets when he was on Kentucky, and they're playing Teddy Bridgewater in Louisville. And I asked him this question Avery, if Teddy Bridgewater was running through the middle untouched and he didn't slide, what would you do? And he said, I'd knock his head off. But other people in the scrum took, I would knock Teddy Bridgewater's head off, and it blew up. And I sat there and was like, you need to include my question. Mm -hmm. He did not say that unprompted. And we also know, like, sometimes these guys, it's at the end of a four-hour workout. This is the 87th time they've been asked about the same thing. Larry Fitzgerald has been asked about Kyler Murray, I'm sure, 2,000 times in the last month, right? And I'm sure someone was like, hey, can you talk about uh, the preparation that Kyler Murray has been bringing? Right? They, they, yeah. they put it in that sort of general phraseology. Yes. And what's Larry Fitzgerald supposed to say? No, he'd be like, Kyler Murray, he's, he's awesome. He knows the playbook really well. He knows it better than anyone. It might have been something that simple, but we're going we're gonna to woeify it. I would put a dollar, which is a lot of money, Yeah. that someone said, is Kyler struggling picking up the plays. Mm. Leaning it in a negative direction, was co- which caused Larry to push it in a positive. Either way, if Larry is telling the truth, then I'm very excited for the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Or maybe the question was, hey, can you read the words that I wrote on this <laughs> index card? And the index card said, We really want to get Murray. our whoa big off season. Yeah, the left yeah, yeah. show's been great. <laughs> it might have been that. Who All knows? right, so if that's number two, what's number one? Okay, this one, I'm calling this the hammer. The number one woe of the week is, is the hammer. Uh, the Ingber hammer. So, <laughs> nice. We need a drop for that. So this, this is a two-part woe, okay? Because the headline is super woe. Right. The headline is Daniel Jones is, quote, a blend of Eli and Peyton Manning, according to Sean O'Hara. That's a real woe right there. I did see this one. Now, I know we have. And our... I immediately thought, what the fuck? <laughs> we have our two thoughts about Eli Manning, right? He's a two-time Super Bowl winner. No matter what you say, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Yes. He's going to finish with 60,000 yards passing, et cetera. Peyton Manning, possibly the only person I would consider the greatest quarterback of all time, if not Brady, right? He's and... definitely in the top five. Yes. I mean, if you want to go, yes. I don't know who you're, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, whatever. Right. But Peyton Manning 
had a long-ass career doing some incredible stuff. Eli Manning, Iron Man of the NFL, won two Super Bowls. Daniel Jones has not done anything yet, and we're already saying he's a blend of these two titans of the game. Okay, what's, what's the second part? So the second part is I did digging in the actual story because the the headline is what the headline is went went crazy. Right, I read. <laughs> The quote. You're telling me it's worse in the body? The quote from O'Hara via SNY. If you put Peyton Manning and Eli Manning in a blender, Jones is what you'd get. That's not to say that he's a blend of them. He's saying that if you put the two of those guys in a blender, they would turn into it actually, puree. It's actually an insult. <laughs> right. Daniel I, Jones is, is an amalgamated... the ground up muscles gr- and bones. Uh, he is the tendons and ligaments all splushed up like to make to a... To me, that's like a Rick and Morty episode. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Or it's, like, or it's like a bad Aladdin genie wish where you're like, I want to be a blend. And it's like, or like Family Guy. I wish I had no bones. And you're this horrifying human slash, you know, mosquito. If you put them into a blender. Which is not what he meant at all. But uh, do, do you the... think it's a pulsate or is it a smooth blend? Yeah, it's a it's the Nutribullet. Crushed ice? How do we get sponsored by Nutribullet? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the quarterback blend of the week. Wow. Well, the thing is, too, and I will say this. I have talked to people that have been to Giants training camp. And a lot of them have said, like, like our guy Deal. I talked to Deal, and Deal said he's actually been pleasantly surprised with how he's looked. Sure, then say and that. And the number one story that everyone has told me is he's a lot more athletic than they thought. And they're seeing him a lot of, a lot of read option with, with Saquon, which is exciting people, because if you think Saquon did amazing last year with eight guys in the box, and everybody knew that Eli Manning couldn't throw it further than 15 yards, if you have a quarterback that can run, and if he does that 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 read option and can hold the backside for one more second. It's the Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy offense, If you right? give Saquon Barkley even a second more of, of, of open space, that's exciting. But to say that he is a blend of one of the three greatest quarterbacks of all time <laughs> and then a New York Giants legend that has won two Super Bowls, one, I did it, did it did it say why? Like did he see like was there any physical acts that he saw that was like there were passes or the way he leads? What's or... funny, so I mean they, it did say in the article it said physically the two are nearly identical. Manning stands at six five two twenty, Jones is six five two twenty one. How many fucking six five two twenty quarterbacks? Two twenty, right? Uh, and then they also hold their build similarly, and as we found out during organized team activities, they even offer up the same facial expressions. People went crazy for that photo because they had that sort of that Manning face and <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right, and, and it's a fun tweet, but we're talking about like actual preparation for the NFL season. I don't know if a facial expression is going to tell you what. I've just you need realized to know. something. I, for here on out, will no longer be shitting on Daniel Jones for two reasons. One, this is going to be a very rough off season for Giants fans, and I don't want to lean too hard into my Eagles fandom and alienate them. They've lost Odell Beckham. He's going to be celebrated for the next few months, and. We don't if if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, I do feel bad for them. But the other reason is I want an insurance policy in case Daniel Jones is actually good. Right. So I'm going to stop and I'm going to wait to judge him in training camps and stuff. But I'm sure as fuck not believing that he's a he's the next Manning. Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. So you're just going to be you're going to be on Daniel Jones Island. I'd like to be on Josh Allen Island. I believe he's going to be a top five quarterback in the next three years. I believe. for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all top five. I, I know Shit. it's it's a lofty. I'm just hoping a couple guys will retire. Special. 
I think Josh Allen's going to have an incredible year. I love Josh Allen. I love just those electric runs. Like, so you take Daniel Jones, I'll take Josh Allen. I love. Oh no, no, I'm not rooting for Daniel Jones, and I'm not putting money <laughs> okay. behind him at all. Do not put that on me. I'm I, pretty sure that Adam Lefko just I honest, said. I think to what you're saying though about Josh Allen, if I was going to agree with you and join you on that island. The other reason is I feel like he's on the team that will manage expectations for him the most. Mm. With Shaw McDermott, they're trying to win 13-10. to 10. So Josh Allen only has to be great for moments to get the one or two touchdowns to try and win. And I feel like he has the makeup to be incredible in moments. I don't know if he's going to throw for 400 yards right. and be incredibly accurate and throw three touchdowns and no interceptions. But when you need a fucking big play... He's the guy that can break everything down. Yeah. I, I love Josh. And Allen. if he can go ten and six and get a wild card, like that's a really nice season for them. All right, so your team, Josh Allen, super team, Josh Allen. I don't know who my guy is. You have plenty of time to think about plenty it. Plenty of time. You got months. Uh, all right, it's time for Spice Adams uh, from impersonations of Ray Lewis to breaking down Aaron Donald's body to explaining <laughs> how he became one of the biggest meme makers in the world. I hope you enjoy it. And just like we saw with Nate Burleson, get into Spice Adams' mentions, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram. Let him know how great he was and how he's part of the 33% because maybe he'll start making memes with others us mm. anything is possible always a pleasure thanks for having me homies enjoy yourself we will see you a little bit later this week ingber may have helped us get a really nice guest but i'm not jinxing it now so in the meantime enjoy this conversation with spice adams okay Feels good, right? That's nice, man. Yeah. I like, I like the vibes. The voice you hear. You may know him as Iron Man. You may know him as the Griller, Fat Wonder, Coach Dun Dun, Monarch Mike, 8-Ball Jamie, every uncle you've ever had, every old head at the spot. You may know him as Creamy Biggums. He is the 2013 Grand Champion of the Dancing with Chicago Celebrities, <laughs> Spice fucking Adams. <laughs> Happy to have you here, man. Hey, man. Thanks for coming here, in. Man. No problem, dude. Yeah. No problem, man. I'm just chilling, man. You know, just dotting my eyes, crossing all my T's, trying to put some paint where it ain't. And I know? see the shirt. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I did not notice it until right now. <laughs> got some merch coming out, man. It know? says, uh, <laughs> Everybody <laughs> like to laugh, man. It's, Are it's you relatable. at a point now where people just come up to you on the street and they want to laugh? That's it. Really? Yeah. Or when I get on Instagram Live, that's all everybody write. Say it. Do it. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Do do the laugh. Yeah. So now I just I become the laugh man. I I don't know, man. <laughs> You're a lot of stuff right now. Like it's crazy, man. I, and the memes is going crazy, man. I see. Like I remember when when Cream Biggums and if if you don't know, it's with Spice Adams in very short shorts with Rex Specs <laughs> showing his dexterity all over the place. Uh, that had like a wave where it was like all over the place. Yeah. All of your ca- like the Uncle wave right now. I still think is strong, but the. Uh, Would you say that's the biggest it ever got? Like, that's a meme meme. Yeah. It's, you know what? That that video is so old. I think my son, my son is 11 now. I just saw a video on your Instagram of him walking into what looks like high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I I thought about the video. I'm like, that's another person. (laughs) Yeah, I think he was probably like eight when that video came out. Wow. We had just came from the barbershop. I was like, yeah, me and my son just got faded. Then I did the, because he started dabbing. I'm like, 
Nobody dabs anymore. Like, where are you doing that, man? So, wait, that was a genuine reaction? Yeah. You well, weren't planning like, on doing that? Like, what? Like, wow. wow man. I thought all along that he was in on it, and then he no, dabbed. Oh, no. he, he thought he was cool. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a time where, you know, the dad is actually cooler than the son. And yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I don't want nobody dab anymore. Like, what are you doing, son? I would say in most households, kids understand going viral and memes a lot more than their parents so yeah. to be in a household where dad is viral and makes memes mm -hmm. what's that dynamic <laughs> well I mean, he's he's always asking me questions on how to like edit different videos and stuff like that because he got iMovie on his ipad and stuff like that so it's a little different man but i think i think he understands that you know, after football, dad does videos and stuff now. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a pretty cool dynamic, man. I think it's awesome. Because uh, it's like I got my second career now. Because when I was done, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. The name of your production company is legitimately called No Plan Productions. No Plan Productions, um, man. But I think that we all could have seen that this was the future by your retirement video. Go yeah. on YouTube, check out Spice Adams' retirement <laughs> video. I, I literally just watched it where you go to an empty white castle yep. and you fill out like a job application form. <laughs> and that was that was back when like Deadspin's gonna be like, check out this football player that yeah. retired in a different way. Like sure. that should have been the signal to everybody that you were gonna figure this out. <laughs> yeah, man. Um and that actually me signing that application that was my wife's idea man so mm. my wife is getting into it too man and now she's just like oh yeah we should do it from this angle or whatever like let's let's do this let's do that over whatever so it's like a full-fledged production you know when my yeah. wife get involved now man which is cool but like i i had no plan on, on what i was gonna do i created a video and i called some of my old teammates and i was like man should i put this video out and they're like yeah you know, we we see you in a locker room all the time, right? But nobody else really gets a chance to see you. So yeah, man, go ahead. Because the locker it out. room is hollow ground. Yeah, man. Pe fans don't realize. Coaches don't go into the locker nope. room. Well, it, not not in our locker room. No, no, no. I don't know what they do now. I have not talked to a single player uh -huh. that have ever said coaches were allowed in the locker room. It's a no-fly zone. If 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 a coach stepped foot in there, the lights would flicker. Yes. I was in charge of the sirens, so I'd be like. Ee! I was in charge of the siren. That came from his mouth, by the way. <laughs> It'd be somebody flickering the lights and stuff like that. People be banging on the tables and yeah. banging on the on the uh, on the locker. Everything. People be knocking over all the little laundry bins and stuff like that. It, it would be a spectacle. Because like, a lot of fans that think that like you're sitting there and there's like your D line coach leaning up against the wall. It's like nah. so. The key is you got to hit the B gap. Nah, no. We, we talk about that outside of exactly. locker room, like on the field, or whatever. I think they know like that's like our sanctuary. Where that's like our safe place where there's a chance for us to just be around each other. Played for a good amount of time, time with the San Francisco 49ers, time with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And I I know that you're on your second life, but I went back and I looked at every single quarterback you got in your <laughs> ten and a half sacks. And I will say it's a fucking hell of a list. So I'm gonna say a quarterback's name, yeah. and if it reminds you of the time, you sacked Michael Vick. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Dang. I was, saw that, and I was like, He was with Philly, though, right? Yes. Okay, so he's a little bit slower. Uh, he still the... had it, though. You... <laughs> I couldn't sack the Vic from uh, the, the Falcons. Falcons. Oh, you that sacked, just you sacked Michael Vick. Uh -huh. You sacked Tom Brady. I remember. Well, that was easy, because <laughs> Peppers 
just straight up annihilated the whole right side of the line. So he had. So it was just Tom Brady looking at me like, okay, I guess I'm gonna get sacked then. So it was it was just me and Brady like that was it because Pep just totally wiped out the whole line. Did you have a sack dance? Like now that I well, see all of your your abilities in front of a camera and dancing and all this, being as though I played for the Niners for four years. Yes, we went seven and nine, two and fourteen, four and twelve, seven and nine again. Yeah, it was a rough time. I rarely had any rarely. sack dances because yeah, yeah. there's nothing to celebrate. Yeah. about when you're yeah. losing. I think now like, you would have the greatest sack dances ever. Look, oh, I would get a penalty, man. You sacked, celebration. You sacked Eli Manning. I remember that. That's the game I tore my my tricep. Oh, and he has a little scar and damn. I tore my tricep that game. That's got to feel that. great. It was in December. I didn't even know. I played I I tore it in the first quarter and I played the rest of the game with a torn with a torn uh tricep. Damn. Kids can't complain about anything. Nah, man. Pain I, I tell my son, man, you know, I played football so you don't have to. You sacked Donovan McNabb on three different occasions. Yeah. It's your most sacked quarterback. I like playing Philly. You fucking, yeah, you sacked Donovan that three times and Vic, <laughs> all of them on the Eagles. Hey, man, I appreciate Philly, man. I'm an Eagles Philly fan, Philly was too. good to me. You sacked David Garrard, Rex Grossman, who you eventually were teammates with later, uh, Brad Johnson, Seneca Wallace, Kyle Bowler, Gus Farratt, and my former co-host, Chris Sims. Yeah? Yeah. Chris, man. Chris tough, man. Yeah. Chris played with like a ruptured spleen or something Exploded. like that. Exploded. Ugh. Chris Jenkins and Thomas Davis. Sandwich. Yeah, he almost died. That sounds bad. Yeah. That sounds bad but, right but there. I, but when I was looking. Gus Farrar was my first sack. Your Gus Farrar was your first sack. First sack, man. That had to feel incredible. Did a little spin move. Woo! We still lost. But I, I didn't do a sack dance then either because, I mean, we were down. God, so you had respect for the game like that. Oh, yeah, man. There's nothing to be, you know, dancing about and you're losing my five touchdowns. Man. This is back when Moss would line up and just put his hand up. Like, he already knew. I mean, I've never heard a cannon so many times. Because that's what they do when Minnesota scores. Like like that cannon off. Boom. It was like I heard that every time. Boom. Yeah. Boom! I'm like, bro, how many times are we gonna hear this? So dog? it was really something when he when he was in his prime. It was unlike anything else that was in the NFL. Bro, that man was a walking touchdown. Man. Yeah, walking touchdown. And then you can do about it. Like you can play off him, you can press him. It ain't gonna matter. If bro. he's he, even, he's he, leaving. He's he gonna get open, dude. I was talking to Bart Scott, and I said, "Man, you're a shit talker. You don't take trash from anybody." Was there anybody that intimidated Bart. you? From Detroit as well. Another good Detroit guy. We came out the same same year, man. Bettis. He went to Southeastern. Exactly. This school is like, psh. they're <laughs> Southeastern jungleers. Like, what is a jungleer? That sounds like something I wouldn't want to say. Man. Yeah. Bart. That's that's my homie, though. Is he? Oh, man. He's yeah. the man. But he, he was telling me that the one dude that he never wanted to fuck with was Larry Allen. He said... Dude that could bench 500 from Compton. <laughs> I'm just curious, was there a dude that you went up against your, like, toughest motherfucker ever? Yeah, definitely. I would have to agree with him. Really? And I caught Larry Allen during the tail end of his career when he came to the Niners. So I had to practice every day against Larry. So 
it always came time where we would run this drill, which a lot of players in college run. I don't know why we were doing it in the pros because, <laughs> you know, we had Samurai Mike there, Coach Mike Singletary. Singl- so Bart, he has, was like, Bart has told me about hey, Singletary. listen, we're going to do this drill. I mean, I mean, he was like so intense, man. And <laughs> we would be in, in meetings because he used to coach the linebackers. So he would come in on nine on seven. Nine on seven is where it's nine offensive people, seven mm-hmm. defensive people, whatever. It's like it's the like meat and potatoes of your defense. And he would come in there and we would watch the linebacker do like this. Just one step. Yeah. Rewind it. Coach, rewind it. Coach, rewind that for me again. I mean, we will watch one play for like 10 minutes, and it will all be like this. And you have like 90 plays to get through. Yes. So he'll he'll ask the answer to every question that he asks is get lower. So he'll say, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think you need to do on this play? We had a, we had a linebacker. His name was Brandon Moore. Okay. He say, Brandon, what are you supposed to do on this play? And Brandon said, "Well, I guess I could have recognized the screen. Yeah, you could have did that, but what else? Uh, I guess I could have, you know, attacked the guard with my hands and used my hands and got him off me. Yeah, but what else could you have did? Get lower." That was the answer for everything. So did you guys just start saying it whenever he'd ask a question? Man, we would say it like not in front of him, but like in the locker room while nobody was around. Kind of like Debo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here come Debo. Yeah. I'll be talking again when he leave, but the answer to everything was get lower. What could you have done in this play? Get lower. Lower. That's it. That's all he talked about was being low. He think he think like you're supposed to be like down on the ground in your stance, and you're supposed to be able to sprint in that stance as That's well. Incredible. Like it army was, crawl through the O line. You could never do it right. Uh, Bart told a story about when Singletary got to the Ravens, and yeah. Bart and Adelius Thomas and Ray had already been there for three years, and it's yeah. like, what are you going to teach us? But like, we know Rex's defense better than anybody, and he said that. Singletary was the worst X's and O's coach that he's ever been around. He just didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Uh-huh. And what I realize is when Singletary gave that speech, I want winners. Yeah. The the public win, win, win. the public loved it. Mm-hmm. But I'm now realizing that the players were like, What the fuck have we just signed up for? <laughs> number one, we're gonna punch you in the mouth. And number two, we must execute. And number C, we will <laughs> remain lower. Every drill, everywhere we go, we gonna be lower. Like that's that's him all day, man. Man, he would. <laughs> coach Nolan, Mike Nolan was our head coach, suit and tie. And so, um, Coach Singletary was the assistant head coach, or whatever. So Wednesdays, Coach Nolan would talk to us, and then Thursday, turn it over to Singletary. Coach Singletary would talk to us, and also. He led Bible study classes, too. So it's like he'd be chewing you out on the field, but then, like, you'll go to couples Bible study with him, too. And, you know, you'll have, like, marshmallows and little (laughs) treats and stuff with him, whatever. It was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, man. It was was hilarious, dude. He's got those eyes. Hey, look, we need you to run faster, but we need you to be lower. (laughs) And then comes Saturday. Hey, praise God, man. you know, Philippians 4.13 states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, brother. And I, I, I know you can do all things. You know what Christ Get did? Get lower! I was going to say, you know what Christ did really well? 
He got low. Yeah. <laughs> but then he got up. I love Coach Singletary, man. Man. Love him, man. Well, I follow his wife on Instagram, man. They got nine kids. Stop. They got nine kids, yeah. That takes patience. Nine kids. I think Coach Singletary was like one to ten. So now like that, that I hear that, Coach Dundon, <laughs> yeah. is that Singletary? No, no, he just got like, you know, the same type of voice or whatever. I guess I make everybody sound like Coach Singletary or Ray Lewis. Well, I'm, oh, you have a good Ray Lewis impersonation? <laughs> so I used to do this thing on Instagram where I would do, um, I would do rap lyrics, but I would do them as Ray Lewis. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask, man. No, I just... I, creativity comes in funny ways. <laughs> so I think I did a, uh, like a uh a outcast one that that did pretty well on Instagram where uh I think it's Andre 3000's verse I just got a call from the other way where I just came from somebody had said something it said hey man you remember me from school no not really <laughs> but he kept smiling like a clown facial expression looking silly and he kept asking me, what kind of car do you drive? I know you paid. Stuff like that. So. That's one of the best Ray Lewis impersonations I've ever heard. <laughs> I, he but, would take something so simple and just Momentum make it, yeah. is real. <laughs> the way you play will determine the way that you continue to play. Yeah, so check this out. I loved it. Dude, you're going to use close-up instead of Cincinnati? Cincinnati. It's tested from dentists everywhere. <laughs> close-up is a thing of pass. Don't nobody use close-up no more, brother. Like, Did I'm he just ever... trying to brush my teeth, Ray. Did you ever? I'm sweating because I'm so excited. <laughs> Have you done your impersonation to Ray? Has he seen He's it? He's seen it. And He's his reaction it. I saw is? Ray at the Super Bowl in Minnesota, and as soon as he, as soon as we made eye contact, he said, that's you're funny. Oh, that's you're good. funny, man. That's that's really that's good. That's got to feel man, so, so good. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's crazy social media, yes. the reach of social media. Dude, when I look at your posts and I see some of the people that comment, you know, like I, I had a tweet recently that was liked by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I thought about printing it out and putting it in the studio. So I'm, He's actually pretty cool, man. Who was cool who dude. was somebody, like, who was very early on a like or a comment that you got that you went, I can't believe this person saw my stuff. Okay, I'll tell you a quick story. So, <laughs> Cream Biggums, I almost never posted it because I thought it was just so stupid. I'm like... That's why it was great. I'm in my garage. I got these shorts that Pit, are hiked up. I'm pivot sweating. Pivot step, 360. Yeah, I'm traveling. I'm doing, like, all of this stuff. And I'm like, it's sitting in my phone. It's, it's ready to go. And I'm just like, this is stupid. And so, we were at a track meet again. And like Ball State in Indiana, somewhere, something like that. So we had to stay overnight at this place or whatever. So, and the playoffs were on. So I was like, before I go to bed, I was like, I'm just going to post this since it's the finals and stuff like that. I'm going to put a little finals logo on it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I post it, then I go to sleep. NBA I wake up. Music underneath of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. I wake up and my phone is going crazy. So people are like, yo, Kevin Hart just posted your video. Wow, I'm not like, even a comment. He posted it on his page. Right, and I'm like, 
Kevin Hart don't do that. Like, he posts his stuff on right. his page or whatever, a picture or something like that. I'm like, maybe he just commented. And, you know, maybe you said it yeah. wrong. So I go to his page, and sure enough, my video is on there. I'm like, oh, snap. So then after that, Bleacher Report puts yeah. it up. And yeah. then, you know how it goes. Of course. Like, it's like Spreads everybody like started posting it or whatever. So then fast forward, um, I don't know, a year or something like that, Kevin Hart comes to United Center. I go check him out, whatever. And I, I know um, some of the Plastic Cup boys or whatever, like Spang Court, yes, all those yes. guys funny. Naeem yeah. Lynn, like oh, those guys are hilarious. So I talked with Naeem, and he said, hey, man, where are you sitting? So I let him know where I'm sitting at, and me and my wife, you know, we get there early. Like, we old heads, man. So we get there early. We listening to Mint Condition, got a new album. <laughs> we just sitting there vibing, whatever. Somebody come tap me on the shoulder, and they give me an envelope. And I'm like, what is this? So I open up the envelope and it's like VIP backstage passes to see Kevin Hart, whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, right. Yeah. So I had it to my wife and I'm just like, man, we going to get there and it's going to be like a Kevin Hart impersonator or something That's like so that. Funny. Like, man, watch out, man. So then I get to thinking, I'm like, oh, Naeem asked me where I was sitting. Mm. And like, you know, you can't be on your phone at that time, whatever. They take so. all your phones away. Right. So I'm just like, I started putting two and two together. Like, oh, he knew where I was sitting. So he knew where to send the person to send me this envelope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, so I'm cool. So it say after the show, whatever, you know, wait around or whatever. Then you can go to this VIP lounge thing that they had at the United Center. So me and my wife waiting around, whatever. Then it's, we're able to go to this VIP lounge. So as I'm walking there, I see Naeem like texting whatever. I was like, hey, Naeem, what's up, man? He's like, oh, man, cool. You like the show with that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. So he's like, let's go up there. So we go up to the VIP lounge, and then I'm talking to Naeem about, you know, he, he used to go to Temple, and he uh, knew one of my teammates, Jason McKee and stuff sure. like that, because he went with that, blah, blah, blah. We were rapping. And then he was like, hey, man, you know, I don't think Kevin is coming up here, man. You know, he kind of just chilling. You know, yeah, he's yeah. tired, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. I didn't. Good to catch you, up. You've, you've done enough, yeah, like, yeah. already. Like, yeah. I'm up here. This, they got chicken tenders <laughs> and pretzels and all type of stuff, man. I'm I'm talking with my mouth. Well, oh, it's good, man. It's cool, man. Stick you know a chicken dinner in your pocket. Yeah, man. I got like tater tots in my pocket, <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and so um, we're there chilling or whatever. And then Kevin Hart's um, trainer walks in, boss. Yes. Boss walks in. He said, dude, you the, you the cream biggles, dude, whatever. You the, what you say, not Chuck, whatever. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. So I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, who you here with? I'm like, I'm here with my wife. He's like, man, we got to take you down to come meet Kevin. So I'm like, all right, cool. So me and my wife follow boss down, and then it's like a line of people. It's like 35, 40 yards of people, whatever. We walk past them, go to like this little back room, and then in the back room, it's like some people that I know, whatever. So we, you know, handshakes, hugs, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We kicking them, whatever. Then it's a door that opens in there, and Kevin Hart comes out. He's talking to somebody like as he's walking. And I didn't want to be rude to whoever I was talking to and be like, hey, man, I'm about to go holler at Kevin Hart, whatever, blah, blah. So I continue At the my same point, you're like side-eyeing. You're like, <laughs> you're a little taller. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kicking it with them, whatever. And then, so Kevin Hart sees me, he make eye contact with me. He's like, oh, he like, you're the what you say, not Chuck guy, whatever, blah, blah. He like, look, man. I'm gonna be right back. I'm about to go do this meet and greet with all them that long line of people. All people you walked in front of. He goes out. He said, "Man, don't leave, man. I'm gonna come right back, whatever." So he goes out, does VIP thing, come back in. And when he get back in, he said, "Oh, that's a for show sure right on." I'm like, "Oh snap!" That's like he be amazing. watching the videos, stuff like that. So that right there kind of just like let me know, like 
man, like people are really like watching my I'm videos or whatever. And like, yeah, they, they, they mess with my videos, dude. So when you, when you get the eye contact and that's the moment when it's like that recognition and yeah. it's like that immediate and you've been a professional athlete. Like there have been people that you've made. People icon- don't even know that I, know. I played in the NFL. It's wild. So I'm like, yo, like that right there makes me happy. Cause it's just like it shows the content can stand on its own. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like you know I, I I've been putting in work then, like right. so you need, like that's just the added bonus. Like if you follow me, then you find out that I yeah. played for your beloved 49ers or your beloved Chicago Bears sure. or whatever. So I knew right nice away because Cream Biggums had to be a defensive lineman. <laughs> I have always said that defensive linemen in my mind are the best athletes in any sport, and you, people think man, I'm crazy. You got to be to move all that weight, man. It's it's the only people that could run a sub five forty at around three hundred pounds and yeah. do a split exactly. like there are defensive linemen that can do backflips yeah like it's just the ratio of weight to agility i don't <laughs> think is anywhere else it's like you ever see you ever, you ever saw a, a rhinoceros run like that's us like rhinoceros get up yes like they they go probably like 30 miles per hour or something like yeah. that it was short bursts short amount of time but they'll get up there, man. That's what we're always talking about wide receivers or cornerbacks. I'm like, okay, look at Fletcher Cox. Like, look at Aaron Donald. Like, Aaron Donald. Holy crap. He's, I was just talking about him, man. He's like watching like weird science, man. Like, the dude was like created on a computer or something, man. It was like, okay, 280 pounds, quick, ab muscles. Right. Like, like what? How are you over 280 and you got ab muscles? That, and you train with people trying to stab you. I think we're at a point now where people are getting used to Aaron Donald and I don't think they're realizing that abs on a defensive lineman is not normal. It's rare. Have you ever seen it before? He's, he's a he's a deer bro. A, a deer zebra? A deer and a zebra, dude. Like, you gotta make him up, man. Like, I don't understand it. He's, he's rare. He's yeah. a rare breed, dude. And, and defensive linemen change games. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Here we, I, I still think the hardest position to play is DB. DB. Because you, you, you have make, no you idea make what the wide receiver one mistake as a DB, that's a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make one mistake at a defensive line, at least the yeah. linebacker can come and clean it up for you. Can I ask you about one year of your career? Yeah. 2010, you won two <sighs> awards. The Ed Block Courage Award and the Brian Piccolo Award. Yeah. Brian Piccolo, like, is the Chicago Bears and the Ed Block Courage Award. It's such a big deal. Yeah. 2010, I mean, the way you reacted right there, what was so special about it? What happened? Why was it such a big year? It was It was a good year, man. It was, um, you know, we had Coach Marinelli in, and he's like he's like a guru, man. Like, he says, Army I, guy. I, I am the why. So if you ever have a question of why, like, he'll let you know. Like, if I'm sitting down having lunch. Mirinelli right now is the defensive line coach for the Cowboys. Yes. He's a defense coordinator. So if I'm sitting down at lunch and I got a pepper shaker right here and a salt shaker right here, he'll come and sit down and he'll be like, this right here, this is a double team. Now, we have a guard right here, Josh sitting, and then we have a center right here. He knows like everybody's yeah. name, number, and stuff like Corey that. Lindsley. They're, they're gray matter. This is uh, Scott. Uh, I forget his name, whatever. Yeah, and these these are the two linemen that are going to block you, right? This really, this is double team right here. He's going to try to come off on a linebacker. How are you going to attack that? It's like, coach, I'm just trying to 
eat my Chipotle, man. He can't not do it. Like he has to coach like every single day of his life, man. And that limp he kind of walks around with too. Like he's got that like former military strut. Like (laughs) he's the best, man. That's all. That's I. Everybody swears by that guy. He's he's the best in the world, dude. Like no question. It's not even close, man. But anyways, having him when you have so much good coaching, you you understand the amount of bad coaching that you had. Like he he breaks down everything like why you need to get to the quarterback and and cover two versus cover three and like like everything like why it's important to cover the defensive end when they take the inside rush just a bunch of little intricacies that and this is like seven years into your career right and you're hearing things and you're like what the hell have i been hearing for the last (laughs) seven years so it was like a, a breath of fresh air not saying that you know every coach that i had was bad but you know sometimes you only get one year of good coaching and then they're off to like for instance dan quinn Remind me so much of Marinelli. Like, he was a great coach, and it was just like I knew he was going to end up being a head coach somewhere. Mm. And, you know, lo and behold, the Falcons. So, um, you know, when you get good coaching, you can recognize it. In 2010, what happened with me, how I was a a nominee for the Ed Block Courage Award was during camp, my aunt passed away. Mm. And uh, my mom called me at, like, five o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning i'm like why something must have yes. happened like because you know i'm at camp so you call me at four o'clock in the morning my aunt passed away so i talked to coach smith and let him know like hey you know my aunt passed away whatever i know we got a game on saturday his preseason whatever so um we had the funeral on friday so on the way to pick up my grandfather for my aunt's funeral, my grandfather passes away. So the next week, we had to do the same thing all over again. So within a one and two week span, we had two funerals of my aunt and then my granddad. And so, you know, I had to, we had two away games too. Like I had to go to San Diego for one game and stuff like that. So you're completely unsettled. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the the team, knowing that I had to deal with that, they nominated me for the Air Block Courage Award. And, of course, the Brian Piccolo Award goes to a vet and a rookie who, you know, exemplifies everything. Great teammates. Brian Piccolo did. Great, yeah. great teammate, great sense of humor, fun to be around, you know, just everything that embodied a, a great teammate. So for me to win both of those awards and the, the type of year that I had. Which for a I franchise like the Bears. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it, 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 it was great, man. And it, this was the first time I ever went to the playoffs and stuff. Like, we were one game away from the Super Bowl. We put in – Jay got hurt. We put in Todd Collins in the game. Todd Collins was 73 years old. When he heard his name called, he should have said, Coach, you know what? I can't do it. So this wasn't Caleb Haney. This was Todd Collins. They put Todd Collins in instead of putting Caleb Haney in. They should have put Caleb Haney in, and maybe we would have had a shot to go to the Super Bowl. Now, he threw the the pick, but— Because the defense was so fucking good. Dude, Green Bay scored like 45 points against Atlanta. In Atlanta. Right. Aaron Rodgers just went off. So we're playing that hot team. They scored on us the first two drives, and that was it. The next time they scored was the interception that Caleb threw. And then Green Bay went to the Super Bowl and racked up a lot of points on the Steelers. 
we'd have did the same thing. Yeah. If we'd have beat them. But, you know, I sound like an old head who is bitter about Not losing. Not at all. And... I, I'm, you know it would be worse if you were like, you know what was great? I didn't really want to play in the Super Bowl. I had a lot of plans going on. <laughs> so, like, actually, it was actually kind of nice. My, my, you, said, you said Aaron Rodgers is a cool guy. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's like we don't know anything about him. Oh, really? I just like Maybe that's what he wants. Yeah. Maybe he wants to be, like, mysterious and stuff like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what guy goes on Game of Thrones? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Only a mysterious guy. Dude, we'll Cream Biggums on. on Game of Thrones would have been incredible. Oh, that would be epic. What do we do to stop this dragon? And then you just like step out. <laughs> I'll tell you what to do. You get a jab step, I guarantee you you're going to bite on it. Uh, I feel like um, as you're navigating what this. What are you promoting? Why you got an orange on your shirt? What is this? I like you like citrus. <laughs> I don't pick my clothing. Well, you meant you what? Clearly. Meant she does a wardrobe. <laughs> I, usually, I usually wear sweaters. Usually I'm a sweater guy. Cardigans. What Ernie Johnson is to bow ties, I'm trying to be to sweaters. <laughs> not cardigans. Funky prints a little bit. I mean, I'm not hiking up my docker shorts and wearing. What are the names of those sandals that you wear? Are they just sandals? Are the grilling sandals? Man. <laughs> you got an uncle right now that's on the grill in either the white and blue New Balance or the white and blue Monarchs. Monarchs. Or those grilling sandals, man. Those are the only options. What is your creative process? How do you sit down and go, I'm going to make a video? How do you, since you're your own guy, you mm-hmm. have freak, how, what, how do you start it? Sometimes I, I think of that I had an end in mind, like how I want to end the video, and then I kind of work my way Reverse engineering. after that. Yeah. yeah. So, but most of like the old head videos come from like all my uncles that I saw growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always had that uncle who was, like, real tough on me because my uncle had four sisters. So he was just like, he yo. He the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> he was just like, yo, I ain't raising no punks, man. You ain't going to be no punk in here, man. As soon as he come in the house, 10 of them. Like, what? I got to do 10 push-ups, like, as soon as I see him. Wow. It's just like, we play this game called Knuckles where you take a, a deck of cards and just, no. like, slap your knuckles and stuff like that. Like, if you lost in the game of Tunk, taught me how to play Tunk, I would lose. Knuckles, boom, give me the knuckles. Let's go somewhere and build a couch. Taught me how to, like, ride a bike. I, I rode a bike because I was scared of him. Like, I'm trying to, like, get away from him. Like, we take the, <laughs> we're going to take the training wheels off today. Like, man. <laughs> I just started yesterday. You know, right, I, je- I literally just got the hang of, like, walking and stuff yeah. like that, bro. Like, come on, man. You're a toddler. Like, I'm three. Come <gasps> on, man. God, dog. Like, he ain't play around, man. You would think he was in, like, the military or something like that. Looking back, though, appreciate it? Yeah, man. You know, he, he is who he is. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know, that's, that's, that's my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I had, a, I had another uncle. Who was just just the epitome of cool, man. Mm. Every time you see him, I mean, just smoke cigarettes, cool. Just like everything about Toothpick, him was flipping like flipping up and down, man, cool. Everything he did. So when was you do cool. cool uncle videos, spraying a mist of uh, cologne and just walking into it, just like mm. everything. Every, he talked, hey, what's up, cool breeze? Everything good? Everything copacetic with the family? All right, now. Nah. Be easy. Like everything he did was just cool, dog. Like, when did you stop being nervous to put yourself out there? Was it the Kevin Hart thing? Because there's a thing with creators where we know what we're doing is good. Yeah. 
but you need to push through that point where you're like, I hope I don't get rejected by everybody. And or did you never have that? No, I never like really. I, people talk to me about that all the time. People and have I, fear. Dude, I've played in front of millions of people, bruh. So like I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of like used to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like going, I was, I was the only child. Like, I didn't have any brothers and sisters or whatever, so I used to always want to entertain people so they always want to come back over to my house. So I would do little slapstick stuff. Like, I would fall down the stairs. I would, like, just trip and just fall somewhere or something just so people can laugh. Be like, oh, what is he going to do next? Like, yeah. let's go over Anthony's house again. He going to do something crazy. So, and then, you know, I started, I've been this same size and height since I was, like, 12. So everybody thought I was going to be, like, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, or whatever like that. Like, <laughs> nope, I grew horizontally just not vertically you know what i'm saying so i've always been a big dude you know what i mean and then you know i used to i used to play nintendo i used to slam the joysticks i used to throw the chairs and stuff down when i used to lose and stuff like that my mom would be like you got to find a way to channel this energy so she's like you gonna play football so she just dropped me off at martin luther king high school in detroit and said go introduce yourself to that coach coach reynolds Go up there. I turn around. Skirt. Mom leaves me. So I'm like, dang, I got to go say something now. I go introduce myself. We started, you know. And he goes, you're 12? Jacks. No, at this time, I was. I had passed the test. Gotcha, it's gotcha, it's gotcha. three top schools in Detroit. Cass King Renaissance. I passed the test to go to King. My mom was like, cool. I'm taking you up there right now. I had on jean shorts, like some flip flops, and like a tank top. Wasn't even ready. <laughs> she was ready. So you were she not was ready. ready. I wasn't ready, but, you know, he said, go, you know, warm up, take a lap, do this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We do that. We all get together. We do push-ups. We do jumping jacks, like, all that. I'm like, dang, like, this is what's hot on the street right here. Like, I like this. Oh, you were digging it. Yeah, because I, growing up, I never really wanted to play football because all my cousins was like, oh, man, you'll get hurt, man. You'll hurt your knee. You'll hurt your ankle. You'll do this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we always played basketball in my neighborhood, Detroit Pistons. You know what I'm saying? Bad boys. You grew up with the bad boys. You grew up with uh, the Fab Five. Yeah, man. Hit you probably at like the perfect so, time in your teenage years. It was all about hooping in my neighborhood. Dude. Yeah. So <laughs> when I was on JV, they told me to, uh, at, at football practice, they told me to line up at guard. I looked the coach dead in his eye. I said, shooting guard or point guard? That's amazing. Coach was like, you know how coach be. Look at this dumb. Look at this dumb selfie. Look at him. He, 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 he's a shooting guard or point guard. Look at this dumb. Look at this dummy. What is he talking about? <laughs> so man, I had to. <laughs> but anyways, I know um, so many football players that were basketball players. It's yeah. especially yeah. linemen because it's really about that, uh, that side to side agility and all that stuff too. But yeah, man. Um, but anyway, yeah. football is like a form of entertainment. So you know wanting to entertain people to come up back over to my house and then being thrust into football, that being a form of entertainment, I did that all the way till I was aged, what, 31 or something like that. And then it's like, dang, now what am I going to do? So I started creating the videos and stuff like that, and that's been a form of entertainment for me. So I'm how, back in my element. How many retired guys reach out to you for advice? A lot because they you're feel an advocate like, for a lot of them, I'm sure. Yeah, they feel like you know they can make that transition or whatever, but it's 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 not easy, man. Like you go through uh, a tough patch where you just like, dude, ain't no checks coming in. I'm making all these videos for yes. the free. Yes, and and people are know, telling me that I'm fucking killing it. I'm stagnant. 
Like I get, you know, five thousand followers and you know, three months time I get five thousand one hundred followers. Right. So it's like, man, why do I keep making these videos, man, and it ain't it ain't really paying off. Like yeah. I think it's funny. Other people think it's funny. I don't know if they telling me they think it's funny because we homeboys and stuff like that. So it, it's it's a tough little grind, man. But I'm a nose guard, man. That's what we do is grind. So, you know, I'm used to that, man. But I think, like, it's like like I was saying with the Cream Biggums thing. Like, I didn't want to put it out. Like, I thought it was stupid. But it's the stuff that you think is stupid that you don't spend the most time on is the stuff that pops. The stuff where you get like all of these lights, yeah. You get the great mic set up. You got the nice little cameras. Oh, I'ma record this in 4K at 60 frames per second or whatever. <laughs> Watch when I do it. I'ma put that in slow mo. I'ma send it over here to get edited, and then I'ma put this. I'ma put like a strobe light in or whatever. Then I'ma do After Effects, whatever. That's the stuff that get like two thousand views. I say to this people all the time. I was talking to someone. They were planning to do a prank, and I said, shoot the whole prank on cell phones and they said why we have cameras i said because people want user generated content yeah it's real it's natural all of your stuff feels like it's someone at the barbecue right recording it for you when did it go from 5100 to like a like when when did you start getting that that reward i think it's like like the word of mouth deal where it's like you got somebody who's who has a lot of followers who post your stuff or it's like a a site that has a lot of followers or and something like that or it's like some, some type of page yeah. yeah like you know Bleacher Report would like post something then all of a sudden I get 10,000 followers right. or something like that then somebody else gets a hold of it and then I get 10,000 from there and then somebody else sees it and it's, it's kind of like a domino effect who was the first brand that came to you and said we want to work with you I mean, other than the Bears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing stuff with the Bears. You're doing Mm -hmm. a baking show, which I think is amazing. Yeah, man. Shout out to the Great American Baking Show, dude. Um, But yeah, like an actual, like, I know you did stuff with Old Spice. Yeah. A a brand? Yeah. Um, Because that's got to be a cool phone call to get. Yeah, I did. Well, I have. I did some things with Whistle Sports. Sure. and, And through Whistle Sports. They hooked me up with like a McDonald's, with Sprint, with Old Spice and things like that, man. So that's so awesome. Uh, it was it was through Whistle Sports that I started working with brands or whatever. But I think uh, I also did something with, um, gosh, I, I don't know, man. I can't. I can't. It's remember, been a journey, dude. man. <laughs> I can't remember. It's it's been a lot, man. Yeah, I've I, I worked with a lot of. I work with. Uh, <laughs> With uh, Kellogg's, did a lot of things with Kellogg's. I did a uh, a basketball celebrity basketball thing with with Kellogg's. I, I was on Team Cheez Its, and that's oh, I saw this. You were dancing off with Shaq, yeah. And then your video right now of you airballing threes <laughs> every time there's an NBA player that doesn't play well. What is that like? With every time something happens in the NBA, yeah. you're whether it's a ha ha or it's that video like what's it like to see it explode again it's It's gotta be great because it's like people put their own spin on it whatever and it's like it's organic so for instance i put the video out myself and it probably got like ten thousand views twenty thousand views or something like that but just like uh 
Mike likes to eat Oreos. Like, at Mike likes to eat Oreos on Twitter. He puts it out, and it gets 10 million views. You know what I'm saying? Unbelievable. He puts, like, a caption over it, like, me shooting my shot in the DMs. Yes. And it's just, like, it goes crazy, man. Yeah. But that's why, that's why the internet is what it is, man. I think the cool thing is, as a commentary to you, so many people love to post your shit because they know that you're a good motherfucker. And yeah, I think man. that they see that it comes from a good place. Uh, every character that you do, the reason I think it resonates with people is it's a character that they know is coming from a real place and it's not a mockery. Yeah. It's more of like a leaning into why it's funny. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? I think all, all of my stuff too, you know, I got four kids, man. So like all of my stuff is like office friendly. So nobody's really like right. scared to click on it at work. Yes. Nobody's scared to click on it around their kids and stuff like that, man. So... You know, it's a it's, it's a safe place, man, and I try to take care of everybody, man. No I matter. need to get you to the airport because you got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but uh, I I think I want the thirty three percent the homies to fully support Spice in everything because I think what he's doing is organic and it is natural. To anyone out there that is trying to do their own media thing, mm-hmm. that is trying to create their own content. What would be your your words of wisdom as someone that's in that grind right now? I would say keep putting content out. No matter how stupid you think it is, no matter how great you think it is, just constantly keep pushing it out and and stand behind your work. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you create your brand. Like, if you believe in yourself and you had that confidence in yourself, then I think all of your videos or all of your media, all of your content is going to go far, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about Jay-Z. Like, he, he was just talking on Hot 97 where he was talking about his uncle was putting his fears on him, you know, because he couldn't Family sell records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But Jay-Z, he believed in himself, and now this man is a billionaire. He you know went off independent. He did Rockefeller, and then man. it turned into yeah, Rock Nation, and it's all independently owned. Man, got a sports agency, got yeah. art, clothing yeah. line, like all this stuff. He said, man. "You're not going to invest in me. I'm going to do it to myself and owe my masters." It's a good lesson for everybody, dude. Now he is the master. Now he is the master. <laughs> Spice, I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Big time, my man. Uh, again, watch the Great American Baking Show on ABC. That's one. What else should they watch? Watch me on Instagram at Spice Adams. What about the Bears? Watch the Bears. The Bears Show inside the Bears. ChicagoBears.com slash inside the Bears. What about Cream Biggums IG? Cream Biggums, Cream E Biggums, B I G G U M S. Check out all of them. <laughs> He's now invited to the 33% family. Spice, Bank you're the fucking bounce. man. Old school. You hey. got to work on yours. Well, do you have an old school rap character, too? I can make up one. You want me to freestyle to if the If you beat want right to. Here? Freestyling to the beat. Hey. Got Nikes on my feet. Like hey. to wear Monarchs. Hey. I like art like I was Jay-Z. Huh. And you know you can't play me. I'm straight from the D-E-T. You call me on the celly 313. W-A-R-E-A code. When I be in boss mode, they say that boy code. And I say I know. Man, coming through the snow, it don't matter. Rocking a coochie sweater, no matter the weather. It's about to be June. Then it's going to be July. Coming down. Oh, the beat went off. <laughs> I gotta catch a flight. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs>